Okay, great. Uh, good evening. I'd like to welcome everyone to the City of uh, on Monday, June 27, 2022. Uh, we'll start with the flag salute. Uh, board member Cisneros, if you could lead us. Sure. Um, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Recording in progress. And um, board member Teague has an excused absence. We have a quorum. Okay, sounds good. Um, let's move on to the next item, agenda changes and discussion. Uh, does anyone have anything on that? No? Uh, staff has just one quick note, board um, President Sahaba. Um, the consent calendar item 6A, is listed on the agenda as be uh, to be continued to July 11th. Um, staff is actually requesting that that be continued to the following meeting, which would be July 25th. Okay. Uh, yeah, that seems like there's no issue with that. So we'll just um, make a note of that. Let's see, oral communications. Um, Anyone may address the board on a topic not on the not on the agenda this evening uh, by raising your hand. Uh, you'll have three minutes to speak. Are there any hands raised? Yes, there's currently one person raising their hand out of four attendees. Uh, first speaker will be Christopher Buckley. Okay. Christopher Buckley, Alameda resident. I'd like to offer a counterpoint to some of the public comments of the last planning board meeting by thanking you for being on the board as volunteers and with considerable expenditure of your time. You have one of the toughest jobs in the city by having to address issues that can have major impacts on Alameda residents and businesses and the city's future. You are all practicing or retired professionals who offer valuable experience and do your homework. While we don't always agree, you provide carefully considered decisions and input and are respectful to the public. The city is very fortunate that you're on the board. Thank you for your service. Uh, okay, thank, thank you for those comments. Uh, seeing that there's no other hands raised, we'll uh, move on to the consent calendar. Uh, Alan, you already spoke about that. This item will be continued to July 25th. Do we lose him? I think he froze. Um, Here we go. Oh, sorry. Did I lose you all? You were frozen for just a little bit. Okay, uh, I was mentioning that we're on to agenda item 7A. And this is annual review for the Alameda Point Site Aid Development Agreements. Uh, do we have any uh, commentary from the planning group? 
Um, President, uh, is Andrew Thomas, Planning Director. I'll just, um, for the benefit of the public, um, we have three annual reports on the agenda tonight. Um, these are all three related to existing development agreements um, that the city has entered into um, under state and local law. The, um, we have to do an annual report. Um, so um, during COVID, we, we, we missed a year. Um, so this is the first time we've picked it up um, in two years, but we are going to be back on an annual um, cycle now. There's um, the three development agreements that we're reviewing tonight are the Site A development agreement at Alameda Point, the Boatworks development in East Alameda, Oak and Clement, and um, the Del Monte development agreement. So um, staff reviewed all three development agreements. The three developers each submitted a letter describing what they had accomplished over the last year. Um, and uh, staff has found them to be in good faith compliance with their agreements. Um, and at this point, um, you know, the planning boards um, is, uh, we're asking that you adopt a resolution um, finding each of them in good faith compliance um, with their development agreements. Um, staff is available to answer any questions. Um, these are three ongoing efforts, three ongoing projects. So um, feel free to ask questions about the projects, any of the, the accomplishments, or if you feel there are any public benefits that were negotiated in, in any one of these three development agreements. Um, uh, tonight is an opportunity to um, to raise those concerns and um, and address them. So with that, I just um, just wanted to give that sort of general overview. This this overview applies to all three of the agenda items tonight. So staff is available to answer any questions that, that the board might have on any one of the three um, development agreements that are on the agenda tonight. Thank you. Director Thomas. Uh, so let's, uh, we'll, we'll start with the first one um, as we jump into this. Uh, if there are any board questions or clarifications, uh, just please raise your hand and then we'll open it up for public comments. Uh, so on item 7A, any board questions or clarifications? Uh, board members discuss. Uh, yeah, um, and I apologize if I misread the staff report. Um, I feel a little uh, confused, and, and um, again, I'm probably overlooking something. But in the staff report, it says that we'll hold a hearing on the development plan and DA amendments in July, and. Um, I, I didn't really see that language specific to the amendments or is it referring to like a future hearing that'll be like not maybe in July, <laughs> like maybe that was a, a typo of that coming up. Um, let, me, um, let me try to explain what's going on. So site A at Alameda Point, um, they have an existing development agreement and development plan, which was approved in 2015. Um, they've been working towards that 
everything you see out at Alameda Point Site A is the result of that, those agreements. Um, over the last year, uh, the city and Site A have been discussing amendments to that development agreement and that development plan. The planning board has held a couple public hearings about Site A. Um, and as you might remember, these, these hearings, I think the last one was in, what was it in March? April? April, right. Where we talked about increasing the number of housing units in Site A to accommodate the housing element. So all we were, so what this staff report is saying is Site A is in compliance with their development agreements that are on, that we agreed, that we all agreed to back in 2014. So they have made good progress. They've, they've met all their commitments under the existing agreements. But what I, what we, what I just wanted to, in case there was any confusion, what the staff report is acknowledging is, yeah, there's ongoing discussions about changing those agreements. We've already, the planning board's held some, a couple public hearings. The council approved a term sheet. Um, so we will be back in, um, we're scheduled now for July 25th, planning board. So you'll be seeing draft amendments to the site A development plan, which will also require some adjustments to this development agreement. Um, but so it was really just sort of the, the point of bringing that up in the staff report. It's not relevant to the determination as to whether they're in significant compliance with their development agreement. They are, but it is an acknowledgement that we're all talking about changing that agreement going forward. But those changes haven't happened yet. Got it. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. Okay. Any other board questions or comments? Um, 70 uh, doesn't look like it. So we'll close that portion of the agenda item. We'll go to uh, public comments. If you'd like to speak on this item, please raise your hand. You'll have three minutes. Any speakers? Currently, no one's raising their hand. Okay, we'll close that portion of this uh, item. So now we'll move to board deliberations and motion. Uh, anyone would like to make a motion on this item? Uh, I'll, I'll move to um, approve the um, annual report and find that the developer has complied in good faith with the terms and conditions of the development agreement. I second. Okay, thank you. So we have a motion by board member Rothenberg to approve and Vice President Reese uh, second. Uh, well, let's take a vote, Alan. Board member Cisneros. Aye. Curtis. Aye. Hom. Aye. Rothenberg. <clears throat> Aye. Ruiz. Aye. And President Sahaba. Aye. And that motion passes. Okay. Uh, item 7B. This is for the Del Monte. Oh, sorry. President Sahiba, uh, I, I need to recuse myself. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. We'll, I guess, uh, inform you when we're done with this. Uh, so item 7B, Del Monte Development Agreement Annual Review. Uh, is there, are there any board questions 
or clarifications. Uh, Board Member Rothenberg. Uh, thank you. Thank you, staff, for the materials. I, I know we've uh, talked about the developments before, but just from the uh, staff report uh, for the um, restoration, and I have just a couple quick questions, um, just to clarify. The restoration and adaptive reuse of the warehouse building, I think their letter said October 2022 was the date of completion, but wasn't cited in the staff report. So I just wanted to confirm that. And then the other question had to do with the Gene Sweeney Open Space Park. The, the, um, their letter and the staff report recounted the three incremental funding sources. So my question was, has all the money been used to finish uh, Gene Sweeney Park? And forgive me if you told us that before. And that was all. Thank you. Um, yes, I, uh, I'll, um, I do believe that they hope to have all of the units done um, at um, Del Monte this calendar year. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, being a little hesitant because they've given me they, they'll open half the building first and then the second half will come second. And I know the first half is late this summer. Um, I, it's, I'm a little unsure of myself if the second half is at the end of this calendar year, but I, I believe it is. Um, and yes, they um, all the money for Gene Sweeney Park was paid right up front. Um, it was really that $2 million contribution that was made Oh boy, it was made in the first year of the development agreement. Um, and then using that $2 million, our parks, our recreation and parks department um, director, Amy Woldridge, um, immediately applied for a state parks grant um, and to match it. So it was that 4 million, you know, the 2 million turned into 4 million and that's what got the first phase of the park open. Yeah, I just want to add, it's a, it's a tremendous merit to your park and rec. I'll say something about this later. Their work is just fantastic. I mean, to be able to leverage a small uh, investment like that, it looked like to me like there were three increments. There was the increment from the developer, and then I think there was a state increment, and then she got a grant. So this is uh, very meritorious to the city and what they're doing with it is, is a huge benefit to the public. So thank you for that. Yeah, you, the city of Alameda is very lucky to have Amy Woldridge as the Recreation and Parks Director. She is, she is excellent at what she does. And the parks that are planned that she's raising money for now, when you think about all the parks out at Alameda Point and all the things that she's doing and what the city is doing um, with her to expand the the inventory of parks in Alameda, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen in my career. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. I, I know we're, we're asking questions and we're not giving general comments, but I was just gonna, since we're on the topic, I'll just say that I live walking distance from Chochenyo Park and they, they did a, a park a playground with recycled eucalyptus tree that is, buzzing with people of every age, night and day. 
So this is a, a wonderful investment in the city that's completely consistent with our mission and vision. So thank you and thanks to her. And this project is part of that. Okay, uh, board member Cisneros, questions? Yeah, um, a couple clarification questions and um, thanks uh, board member Rothenberg for elevating that great story of good leveraging and showing how strategic and smart uh, the city is. Um, so with the Del Monte um, project, I did skim um, the DA Exhibit D about the beneficial transfer agreement, but um, it would just be helpful for me if I could get a voiceover of what that was and um, what that entails. Um, uh, there wasn't much like in the, in the staff report. So um, that, and I was also curious about what were the major um, amendments? The, um, I'll start first with the major amendments. Um, the project was originally approved in 2014. Um, the uh, developer right off the bat paid the 2 million um, that had a short time limit on it. Um, but they were unable to get the financing necessary for the project. So um, they, it just, the project was too expensive to build and they couldn't, they couldn't attract investment um, to the project. Um, for, um, they worked on it for a couple of years. Um, they, we also did some value engineering. So the project went back to the, um, went back to the, Historic Advisory Board and the Planning Board at least once or twice to change up the design a little bit. So to just try to make it more affordable. Um, and then they paired up with wood development and wood ultimately came in, purchased that portion of the project. And, and obviously there it's really, it's wood who is building that project. But in the process of, those delays, we ran up on another deadline, which was the deadline for doing Clement. Um, the original agreement, the development agreement originally stated that, I forget, it, it was something like it had, Clement had to be done in the first four years. Um, and so after three years of being unable to attract investment, it was pretty clear we were gonna run into it. A, um, a problem. So we went back and had that adjusted. Um, so that was, that was the first, that was the first amendment. I can't remember. Selena, do you remember what the second, was there two amendments? I can't remember. Or were they both related to Clement? I think. I think they were both related to Clement in different years. Gotcha. Yes, that's right. That's right. First TLC knew they were going to have a problem. And then we did a second amendment once wood once wood um came on board to extend the period for another year um the beneficial transfer that's the fee at at sale of each unit yeah that was something that we agreed to in 2014 the idea was um that uh that with each the sale of each unit, a portion of the, it basically would pay a slightly higher transfer tax and the city would get a portion, get a little extra 
transfer tax with each, with the sale of each unit. Um, it was essentially a revenue you know, to help cover costs. It was basically a, a public benefit, a little bit extra money to the city. Um, but there was not a requirement that the project be a condominium project. So that Wood came in, bought the Del Monte portion of the agreement and is now building the Del Monte, but they're not doing it as a condominium project. So the so they won't be selling individual units. They're going to be renting. So that provision, um, it's not something we had ever done before. And I don't think it's going to have, it's, we're, it's, we're not going to be implementing it because they're not selling individual units. But the idea was each time a unit is sold, the transfer tax is a little bit more. So the city would get a little bit more money with each sale of each unit. Yeah, the way I read it, and sorry, I'll just, um, uh, just so I understand, it seemed like it was to help support like the um, operating maintenance costs um, of the development and supporting area. So mm -hmm. it seems like without this provision being fulfilled, like, I don't know if there's like that, um, not missing gap. Yeah, no, you know, this is something we don't, we have never done this with any other project. We, it's not something we um, have pursued with any of the other projects since then. I mean, it was, it was one of those things that was suggested by our then city manager. Um, the developer agreed to it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not something that we, um, have recommended with any other projects. I mean, what it does is it raises the cost of, I mean, the cost of housing. <laughs> so I think the city manager at the time thought it would, it just, it was a sweetener. It was like, hey, the city will get a little bit more money every time a unit sells. Um, we were less concerned about the cost of housing back in 2014. Um, it's certainly not something that we are recommending with any of our new development agreements now in 2022. Um, in fact, we're trying to figure out ways to reduce the cost of housing, um, not increase it. Okay, thank you for that explanation. Uh, Board Member Hahn? Yeah, thank you. Um, Andrew, you kind of addressed my, the, the, my primary question, which has to do with Clement Street extension. It, it sounds like that was uh, was delayed or you know postponed or allow an extension to uh, January 2023 and right now it's open for bikes and you know pedestrians um, and where does the Pennzoil extension stand are they is that close to will that be completed by the end of this year no it will not um, what and Alan can help me out here but essentially the um, Pen, the Pennzoil project will be coming to the planning board. It's so Pennzoil's vacated. Pennzoil cleared, completely demolished everything on the site. They have a buyer, um, Truemark Homes, I believe it is. Truemark, am I right, Alan? Truemark, yeah. yes. Um, and they're they through the entitlement working, process. Yeah, they're they're working through the entitlement process right now. Um, we have talked to them about expediting that portion of their project. I mean, they're going to build the, that last piece of Clement. Um, and, um, but they're, you know, they will, it's probably at least um, 
two years off at this point, a year and a half to two years before we'll be able to open that last piece of Clement. And what that means, I mean, Clement is, we just opened Clement um, to cars in the last week. So, you know, we're keeping trucks on Buena Vista because we don't really want the trucks going down Clement and then running into that essentially dead end at the end at Grand and then making them run through this run through the neighborhood. So um, it would have been great if Pennzoil had moved, you know, two years faster and everything would have lined up great. But, um, you know, it's this has been the story of Clement for the last, you know, 20 years. You know, we've been building mm -hmm. it in chunks with each development. And so, yeah. um, you know, Grand, well, there's that the Grand piece um, will be the um, the last piece. It probably won't open for another two years. So in the meantime, we're going to keep trucks going down Sherman, down Buena Vista, then down Grand to Clement. Um, so they're kind of going around the, the south side of the Del Monte building, but we'll let cars in behind oh, the Del Okay, so, so it is actually open for vehicles now? Yes, it just, just, in the last, just in the last week. Oh, last okay, week. okay. So that's an update from the staff report. Okay, all right. Thanks. So, okay. All right. Thanks. That answers my question, Andrew. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Uh, any other, doesn't look like there's any other questions, clarifications. Let's open it up for public comment. If you'd like to speak on this item, please raise your hand. You'll have three minutes. If we could go to the first speaker, please. First speaker will be Danielle Bichon. Hello. Um, thank you for allowing an opportunity to speak. Um, I'm a citizen of Alameda. I have three children in public school, and I'm concerned about traffic abatement with a new development. Hearing this update about the Pennzoil um, land, which will be sold to another housing developer, has me wondering what the city is planning with respect to traffic abatement for getting on and off the island as we add housing. It doesn't seem like I'm hearing plans for how we're going to be mitigating people that need to commute off island and on island every day during peak rush hour etc is there any opportunity anything that is being put for that uh, we'll be able to potentially give insider response at uh, after we close public comment thank you any other speakers? Uh, okay. No one else is Okay, we'll close public comment period for that item. Uh, we'll go to uh, board member board members uh, deliberations slash motions. Uh, before we go there, uh, Andrew, do you want to? Do you have any response to the comment that was just made? Yeah, sure. I just real. I'll make this very brief. The city is um, constantly working on improving the transportation network um, because the city of Alameda is growing, and we need to continue to improve transportation. Our focus is on giving, um, providing options for people. Um, the Bay Area, the state of California, and the Bay Area and our region are not widening freeways. They're not building new automobile bridges. So really it's about trying to 
improve the transportation system so that Alamedans have additional options other than their automobile. Um, and um, the major things that we have, have accomplished over the last two years, we opened a new ferry terminal to San Francisco. We uh, entered, we, um, and we have a new bus line that now runs from the Fruitvale BART all the way across the island, all the way to the new ferry terminal on the west side of Alameda and, and is um, hooked up with the ferry schedule. So now we have, for the first time in pretty much the history of Alameda, we have a, now a bus line that runs across the entire city. Um, on Tuesday last week, the council um, approved a contribution to a two-year pilot program, which we hope to have up and running in July of 2023. This is a free public water shuttle running along from the northern waterfront of Alameda. So Alameda Landing and Marina Village at the foot of Grand Street, Alameda Landing by the Posey Tubes, getting people across to Oakland so that they can literally ride their bikes or walk and get to downtown Oakland and the BART system. Um, that would be a free pilot program that's being funded by, largely funded by our new developments, but also from contributions from developers and property owners on the Oakland side. Um, in terms of automobiles, the um, Caltrans and the Alameda County Transportation Commission are moving forward with the final design drawings for what we call the Broadway Jackson Interchange Project. So this is the, basically the Webster Posey tubes, they exit into Chinatown um, and um, it's reorienting the, um, the, the on-ramps to the freeway so it'll be easier for Alamedans who are driving through the tubes heading towards Oakland to get to the freeway and eliminating that loop through Chinatown around the senior center. So that is expected to improve access to the freeway for Alamedans in cars. Um, that being said, the I-880 projections for traffic over the next 20 years are um, significant. So we can get you to the freeway, but that's, there's no, that we cannot do anything to make that freeway less congested. And it's going to get more congested as the, as the Bay Area continues to grow. The Bay Area's housing need for the next eight years is 444,000 housing units. So it just gives you an idea of how fast this, the Bay Area is growing. Um, so City of Alameda, regional transportation agencies, Caltrans, everybody is focused on how do we, how do we make more efficient use of the roadway space we have? And bottom line, it, com it comes down to public transportation. Um, carpool lanes, those kinds of things, and then making it easier for people to avoid their cars by giving them options like bicycling, walking, transit, um, public shuttles, those kinds of things. Thank you. Thank you for that explanation. Um, okay. Uh, would anyone like to make a motion? Uh, Board Member Curtis? I move um, that we find that the, de the, the developers have demonstrated 
good faith compliance with the terms and conditions of the development agreement and that should be reflected in the resolution that was provided to us. Oh, I'll second it. Okay, we have a motion by board member Curtis, second by board member Hum. Uh, Alan, should we take a vote? Board member Cisneros. Aye. Curtis. Aye. Hum. Aye. Rothenberg. Aye. Uh, Ruiz has recused herself. Uh, President Sahaba. Aye. And that motion passes. Okay, thank you. All right, welcome back, Vice President Ruiz. So we'll go to agenda item 7C. This is uh, the annual review for the Boat Works Development Agreement. Uh, are there any board clarifications or questions? Okay, seeing none, we'll go. We'll open it up for public comment. If you'd like to speak on this item, please raise your hand. Okay. No, no one's raised their hand. We'll close that um, public comment period. Go to board. Uh, motions and deliberations. Anyone like to make a motion on this item? Board member, huh? Oh, you're muted, I believe. Sorry, <laughs> I moved to approve the resolution. Dave Felber has demonstrated good faith uh, compliance with the development agreement. I'll second. Okay, board member Hum, motions to approve and board member Cisneros second. Uh, Alan, let's take a vote. Board member Cisneros. Aye. Curtis. Aye. Hum. Aye. Rothenberg. Aye. Vice President Ruiz. Aye. President Sahaba? Aye. And that motion passes. Okay. Great. Let's move on to the next uh, item. These are the uh, agenda item number eight, 8A, meeting minutes. Draft meeting minutes uh, from April 11th, 2022. Does anyone have any comments before we, or? Uh, no comments. Okay, we'll open it up for public comment. If you'd like to speak on this item, please raise your hand. It uh, doesn't look like anyone from the public is going to speak. So let's go to uh, motion for approval. Board member Curtis. I move that the minutes of April 11th uh, be approved as submitted. Okay. Do we have a second? Uh, I Vice second. President Ruiz? I second. Okay. Let's go ahead and take a vote. Remember Cisneros? Uh, I'll abstain. I was absent. Curtis? Aye. Hom? Aye. Rothenberg? I'll abstain. I was absent from that meeting. Vice President Ruiz? Aye. And President Sahaba? 
I'll need to abstain as well. I was not present. We have a quorum. I don't think we have a quorum. We may not, unless any of you um, have watched the meeting and can vote on it. Otherwise, we may have to bring this back. <laughs> yeah, we need to bring it back. Okay, we is will bring this back. I don't have the minutes in front of me, but is there a majority of those who are present mm -hmm. at that meeting voting on the minutes? Yeah, uh, no, we would need, um, let's see. There were only four oh, we have three, doing we have three out of the four people present for that meeting. Is Ruiz voting? Sorry, Vice President Ruiz, uh, your vote was yes. Was a yes. Okay, so we have Ruiz, Curtis, Hom. Okay, we don't have board member Teague. So, so yes, we would have a, a majority of those present. I think uh, the then that would. That vote is okay. To okay. Vote. So that let the record reflect that we have three eyes, and that's a majority of those present. Thank you, City Attorney Chen. Thank you. Yes. Good call, City Attorney Chen. Okay, let's move on to agenda item nine, nine A staff communications and 9B oral reports, uh, anything on uh, either future public meetings? Uh, I don't believe, yeah, I don't believe there are any items for 9A. Um, in terms of your next meetings in July, two meetings are scheduled. First meeting on July 11th, um, we staff will bring back the zoning amendments for the housing element, um, specifically addressing the board's comments from the previous meeting. And we also plan on uh, having uh, yet another annual report on development agreement um, on that agenda. And that is for the uh, reshape development at Alameda Point. Um, I think offline, I will pull the board for your attendance. Um, if there is a full board at the next meeting, we, um, it would also be time to hold board elections. Otherwise we could do board elections um, at the following meeting on July 25th. And on the July 25th agenda, um, we have tentatively scheduled uh, yet another development, um, an annual report on the Alameda Landing Development Agreement. Um, we, uh, the report on site A today um, mentioned that we would be bringing back a development plan and DA amendment for site A. So that's also um, teed up for that agenda. Um, and we're, staff is also looking at an amendment for the Alameda Landing Waterfront. Um, so this has to do with the retail pad that um, we discussed earlier in the year that Pulte wanted to um, not do the retail pad, but instead maybe um, offer up a community benefit, a community use in that building. So we're bringing that, those plans back to the board at your second meeting in July. And then August will be recessed before we come back in September. So Thank that is you. the staff update. Thank you. Uh, board member Hom, you have something for- and Just a question item. for Alan. And sorry to deflate it back. Um, for the Sony code amendments, is it gonna be another discussion item or we, are we gonna be asked on July 11th to make an official recommendation to the city council? No, uh, this is just 
us coming yeah. back for for uh, to respond to those comments. And I think there will be um, we have additional amendments or cleanup items that we'll be working through the summer. I think uh, the end of August is when we expect comments back from HCD. So we're anticipating that based on those comments, there would be you know some some adjustments or refinements needed. Okay, so thanks. It probably so, wouldn't be right. So just it wouldn't be September, on, October. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. Is that right, Andrew? Yeah, that's no, that's exactly right. And I think you know, basically, big picture, we think you know the housing element and the zoning amendments, you know, need to sort of fit hand and glove together. And so we we're really setting this up so that we'll hear back from HCD, and then we'll bring any changes that we need for the housing element in response to HCD, as well as any related amendments that might be necessary to the zoning amendments so that the planning board, when you make your final recommendation to council, you'll be recommending both the draft housing element and the accompanying zoning amendments together as one big package. So this, um, that what we'll be bringing you on at your next meeting is really you know, pretty much, you know, pretty much everything that we know that we need to do. So there's nothing more for us to do really until we hear back from HCD. Hopefully they'll tell us we did a great job and we won't have to do anything more, but <laughs> that's never happened. <laughs> you can always hope. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Think positive. Yeah. yeah. I, I know for a fact there be at least one reason why we might still need to make adjustments to our zoning packet, and um, that's related to ADUs. There is a there is pending yet another bill related to ADUs going through the legislature. Um, this one has to do with um, height limits on ADUs. So until the dust settles, we would. I mean, we're we're trying to track the track that bill and what it's proposing and incorporate that into our zoning packet. So, uh, but until the dust settles on that, we won't know exactly um, what the amendment will be what well, thanks for clarifying i was about to say if alameda gets the rousing went past the first round with no revisions needed you you'll be you'll be getting calls from like 200 other cities around california and housing consultants yeah we won't <laughs> yeah right. we won't we will not be answering those calls <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you uh Next item, written communications. I believe we received all those. Um, board communications, board members may ask a question for clarification, make brief announcements on their activities. Uh, any any announcements or comments from the board? Uh, Vice President Ruiz. Um, just quick question for um, Director Thomas and staff. Um, Thank you for forwarding the Harbor Bay Club um, application ahead to kind of keep us informed. Do we also, do we know when that's coming in? And then the second question is, have we, it looks like we have received application for the CVS site in, in um, Harbor Bay Shopping Center as well, right? Have not? No, um, the, first, the first question was about the um, Harbor Bay Club application. Mm -hmm. We did receive a, a, an application for the club to build 400 units. Um, that was, I don't know, two months ago. Uh, the, the, um, that developer has 
subsequently dropped out. Oh, okay. Um, we have received a, a number of calls from other developers, but at this point, there is no active application of any kind for the Harbor Bay Club. Okay. Um, the and then the CVS store closed uh, rather unexpectedly at the Harbor Bay Shopping Center. Um, we have not received any applications for the reuse of that store. Okay. Um, we do know we. Through communication with CVS, we know that there was just a, it was basically a disagreement over lease terms and um, okay. they didn't want to renew based on the proposed terms. The reason for me, my bringing that up is because there has been, and I think, and I think I have forwarded the communication of um, some communities circulating that there is, um, they will plan to build affordable housing on the CVS site. And so, you know, the flyer that I got was actually organized by, uh, I think was submitted by the Chamber of Commerce too. So I was a little bit confused by, by you know, what's going on and, and who is circulating that. Yeah, it, it, the, it was the Chamber of Commerce organized a series of events um, where about, you know, they called it conversations about housing. We've had three. We just had one again last Thursday out at um, at Point. Uh, a month or so ago, there was one at Harbor Bay. Um, the weekend before that event, somebody in Harbor Bay, someone in Harbor Bay started circulating the rumor that the city was building affordable housing in the CVS site, which was just a complete fabrication. So we were able to correct that misconception at the chamber event at the Harbor Bay golf course that day. So okay. hopefully those rumors are not still circulating. Um, we just have a, just through coincidence, we, we have a contact at CVS corporate and I talked to them and, you know, they, what CVS told me was like, they just, there was just a complete breakdown in lease. They, their, their lease was up. They were negotiating new lease terms and they felt like the terms that were being offered were unacceptable. So they walked away. Um, you know, Walgreens on Park Street closed unexpectedly a mm. year ago or less than a year ago as well. So I think that whole industry is, um, well, I don't know. I don't. I actually don't know what's going on with the Walgreens and the CVSs of the of the world. Okay. Yeah. No. Just want to clarify. I I was surprised to see that flyer going around about affordable housing going onto that site, and it's just really, really hard to manage these kind of um, rumor that's flying around. That's all. Thank I think the other thing that's the other thing that's related to that, and you'll we can talk about it at the next meeting, is you know, a very real concern that did come out from the Harbor Bay conversation about CVS and housing. The, the Harbor Bay, the Bay Farm Island community, I think, has generally, you know, as they've learned more about the housing element process, I, I, I've been pleasantly surprised that a growing number of people at the in um, Bay Farm have said, look, we get it. We're going to need to also allow for some housing at in Bay Farm. It should be at the shopping center. That's where it should be. 
Um, but they are very concerned that they not lose their shopping center, um, that they still keep their grocery store and their services because they need it. And frankly, you know, we we don't want everyone in Bay Farm Island driving off island to go shopping or driving it down High Street. You know, I mean, we need services on Bay Farm Island. So um, when something we've been working on very carefully, and you'll see this in the next version of the zoning amendments for the shopping center overlay, this new provision, which basically says, yes, we want housing on these shopping centers, but you have to keep a minimum amount of commercial on the shopping centers. The whole idea is a mixed use site. It's not to get rid of all the commercial and just do housing. And so it's a it's an interesting exercise in in drafting of of zoning codes because um, you know it's it's an imperative that and it's whether it's Harbor Bay whether it's South Shore whether it's Alameda Landing we we need the shopping centers to stay and we want to add housing to them what we don't want is the shopping centers to go away and just have housing right so it's that's I, it, we'll we'll talk more about that at your next meeting okay thank you for clarifying that. Uh, board member Curtis. I uh, I have no real comment other than uh, something for Andrew. When you were at Harbor Bay and your talk at, at Jim's at Harbor Bay, um, I've gotten a lot of feedback on that. And I want to say publicly that you, um, you did one incredible, incredible job in a group that wasn't necessarily outreaching and happy and friendly. And you did a good job of representing the city, representing planning and giving good information in a, in a less than loving environment. And, and kudos, kudos to you, you really did a great job. And that's all I've heard is what a great job you've done in a, in a not so, in a, an interesting environment. We'll leave it at that. Well, so Ron, that's off to you. Ron, thank you very much. I very much appreciate that. I, I have to say a couple of things jumped to mind. One is it was it what it what occurred over that 10 day period was super important from a housing element perspective. Um, you know, it started with that very rough meeting, but a ton of people came up to me after the meeting and said, you know, thank you for just giving us good information. Now we understand what's going on. Two days later, we had a Zoom with the Harbor Bay Homeowners Association Board of Directors, where they also got to ask a ton of questions. And then two days after that, or maybe the following week, a big Zoom town hall meeting with just Bay Farm Island residents. So in the course of 10 days, I think we got a lot of good information out and from me personally, I'm feeling like the people in Bay Farm Island, even though we, the seven of us, have been talking about the general plan and the housing element for three and a half years now, I think for the first time, Bay Farm Island is actually engaged and understands what 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 we are facing and what we need to do. Um, I will, though, also just want to say these conversations about housing that were that they that that was set up by the chamber this idea of no we just got to get out and talk to people the original idea of that came from you ron it was it was like 3 months ago 4 months ago uh, at a planning board meeting and you gave a 
speech saying, we need to find ways to let people know what's going on. Um, and it was you who said, we got to get out there and because and, people don't get it. They just don't get it. I started I started working on it after that. I was like, You're, he's right. He's right. I'll start writing a series of newspaper articles. And I wrote the first one and I told the mayor about it. And she's like, Andrew, nobody reads those newspaper articles. She says, I write them. I do one every two weeks. Nobody reads them. You need to actually go out and talk to people. And so that's when the chamber got involved and they're like, oh, we'll organize this and we'll, 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 we'll help set it up with local businesses and all. So I want to thank you, Ron, because I think it really was your speech that kind of really, at least for me personally, got me like, oh, you know, he's right. We do. We got to do something different to get people understanding this. So I have you to thank for that, for that crazy meeting. <laughs> well, speeches are easy, but I'll tell you, the fortitude that you showed impressed a lot of people. A lot of people. Thank you, Ron. You're welcome. Okay, board member Rothenberg. So I, I just want to ask, a, it's somewhat rhetorical question about land use planning out at Harbor Bay. And this, this is a bit anecdotal, but I just don't know Harbor Bay as well because I live over here. And, but my, my son and his family came and stayed in the hotel down there. They're little kids. And he was running around looking for stuff. And there, there actually aren't that many places to shop over there. So when you consider the, the comment from the public at the last meeting about supporting our businesses and making sure they're they're viable and your comments, Andrew, and all the hard work everyone's done on uh, the zoning amendments and looking at uh, equity and housing and so forth. And Ron may know the answer to this, but how, how is there any other way to provide a, a better diversity of mixed use in Harbor Bay for all of the, for all of the obvious reasons of serving the public there across um, income levels and generations and needs. Well, I think the Harbor Bay Shopping Center is the key to it. I mean, that's the major commercial property in Harbor Bay. It's right in the middle of Bay Farm Island. It's it's located right where you want it. I don't. I think it would be hard to do a lot of commercial services anywhere else on Bay Farm Island. Um, but I, you know, you'll see. And we'll talk about this next week when or next meeting when we bring the zoning amendments back. I mean, that message did come through loud and clear at the last planning board meeting. It certainly I, the planning group. We we all talked about it after the meeting, and we made a number of revisions to the shopping center overlay that I just talked about with Commissioner Ruiz, the um, CC district amendments. You know where we've been talking about ground floor commercial and how does that work on Park Street and Webster Street and you know really with the idea like no this is we've been focusing on housing but the retail piece of this is super important like we, moving forward you need you need both we need housing but right. we really need that that commercial floor area so right. we've we've been going through all the zoning that we've been working on with all of you over the last six months. And we, we've made some, I think, important adjustments to reinforce that concept that yeah. we, we, we need the housing, but we can't afford to lose the retail like, exactly. and the commercial right. services. We need both and we need well, it equally badly. Well, if you consider, for example, the hotel 
that was going to be built near the terminal and some, as I recall, you know, restaurants, some an ancillary services for people coming in to the island from um, the city and other places. You know, it's, I, I suppose it's totally feasible that that site, as it's developed, could have other um, uh, commercial opportunities that would serve the general public, not just people coming as visitors, but residents too, as, it, as, it's, re, as it's redefined uh, as a viable, marketable property. Yeah, the that hotel unfortunately has collapsed in COVID. So um, we're we probably we're not going to see that hotel move forward near the the uh, ferry terminal at, at Bay Farm Island. But um, I do, you know, on a positive note, things that are going very well in Alameda, and I wasn't none of us predicted it, but um, you know, the number of new businesses and employers that are coming to Alameda. I mean, it's it's unlike it has been for all the time I've been in Alameda, it just sort of happened over COVID. The, the Harbor Bay Business Park and the Marina Village Business Park, I mean, are, you know, all sorts of new companies are coming to these business parks. So, you know, that, that need, I mean, we need housing, we need jobs, and we need commercial services. And like we talked earlier, we do, we're doing a great job on parks and open spaces. So you think big picture planning, how do you create a complete community? You have housing, you have jobs, you have commercial services and retail. So, and you have those parks and open spaces. I mean, if you have, if you have those four things, you're, you're doing pretty well as a community. Um, so I think, you know, but it's that's where I think we want to go. Um, and I think, I think you're, I think Alameda is doing a pretty good job. Um, the retail is concerning though. We, we were talking just the other day with some of the retailers in the shopping centers and they're just they, these shopping center developers. And they, 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 they're very honest about it. They're like, we're just not sure where retail's going. Like where will retail be in 10 years? We just don't know. It's a very volatile industry right now. Okay, thank you. Uh, remember, huh? Yeah, I, I, since we have a little bit of time, I thought I just want to ditto what uh, Board Member Curtis uh, mentioned, uh, and and I really applaud you, uh, uh, Andrew, for having those meetings. I think those meetings were certainly essential because um, I, I I I got a lot of the buzz about what was happening, and there seems like there were misunderstandings. Uh, they, in my opinion, mainly about the proposed rezoning versus the natural approved project. So it's understandable that residents uh, don't make that distinction, but just because they're proposed rezoning doesn't mean there's actually a proposed project out there. So going out in the community and uh, providing that information, I think a lot of folks are open-minded, they'll understand uh, with the clarification. Obviously there will always be those who will, will you know, just disagree pretty strongly with uh, the whole concept of housing at Harbor Bay. But I think uh, it's good to hear that the outcome has been positive and that there are residents that understand that, uh, you know, res residential has to be spread throughout the city, that Harbor Bay and Bay Farm cannot be excluded from 
a fair share of the arena numbers in the community. And the shopping center seems to be, as you say, a logical place for it. I, I would guess a lot of residents are very pleased that it appears that there's been some backing off, at least right now, on uh, the Harbor Bay Club, which seems to be have a stronger uh, you know, reaction against uh, redevelopment than perhaps a shopping center. So I applaud Board Member Curtis, too, for <laughs> raising that point, you know. So, yeah, so I, you guys did a good job. Thank you. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, moving on to the next agenda item, oral communications. Anyone may address the board on a topic not on the agenda under this item by submitting, uh, well, by raising your hand, actually. Uh, you'll have three minutes. Uh, do we have any hands raised from the public? Currently, no one's raising their hand. Okay. All right. So that's it. We'll adjourn until July. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Thank you so Good much. Out. Bye now. Everybody.